the May 20th, 2022 edition of Weekly Signals Weekly Review. A personal recollection of the last 168 hours of history, broadcasting on National Rescue Dog Day. From the University of California at Irvine, in the backyard of KUCI 88.9 FM. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kasper. And, as always, the Internet's hottest source for celebrity gossip, <laughs> Mahler, the fake news dog. Yeah. Good yeah. morning, Mahler. Today, mm-hmm. we'll be talking about using your face to climb up walls, bio-crust, the future of COVID-19, windowless cars, and then some. Big agenda today. Wow, that's a lot. But first... I got kind of a personal question here. Uh-oh. Yeah. How many cats have you been friends with? Cats that I've been friends with? Yeah. Well, there's... Yeah, uh, yeah Molly wants yeah. to know. I mean, real friends, uh, I'd say two. Two? Two. Buddy two and, cats. Buddy and Uma. Yeah. Buddy and Uma. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. How about you? When is, is Buddy around now? Buddy was pre-Uma. Pre, Pre-Uma, I yeah, was yeah. say. I had Buddy and Whitney. They were a uh, brother-sister team. But yeah. uh, Whitney was almost a feral cat. She uh-huh. was very, very skittish. It's hard to get close. But Buddy was was my yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah. yeah so. Well, I liked Uma. You know? Yeah, of course. That's and right. I had cats before, you know, I was a young man. Yeah. But they, I had allergies then. Oh, okay. And they said, you have a choice oh. between a dog... Or a cat, because both of them, this is the way allergists talked back then, because both of them would make your head explode. Oh. Yeah. So I chose a dog, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's why we have our little, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why we have our friend here. Damn right. Instead of some goddamn cat. <laughs> yeah, uh, buddy. Buddy and Uma. Uma. Yeah. And let's see here. Cats I had, uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And one one quick thing about Buddy. Yeah. He used to jump up on my bed in the morning yeah. and he'd walk over and stand on my chest and he'd hit me in the side of the head. Wow. Because he wanted to get fed. So he yeah. literally would come over. Smack you. Smack me. And then that was so okay. yeah. good. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It's an aggressive cat. Oh, he was a great cat. From Vice, scientists at Kyoto University found that cats living with other cats can recognize their own and each other's names and possibly even human names. The study examined 48 cats who either lived with humans in houses with at least three other cats or were from cat cafes mm-hmm. where they cohabitated habitated with lots of other cats. They lived together with a lot yeah. of other cats. Yeah. Did, so did you did you talk to Buddy when he slapped you upside the head? Oh yeah, the head? we talked all the time. And absolutely. did he seem to understand yeah, that knew, Buddy was his name? Yeah, but oh yeah, absolutely. Hmm? Buddy did. Yeah. yeah. Well, then yeah. what's this science? This you know the study about? <laughs> they could have just called you. Yeah. Hey. The researchers showed each cat a computer monitor displaying a familiar cat's face. So they were getting a computer monitor uh, face there. And an audio recording of their owner calling either the displayed cat's real name or like uh, another. Wow. Another name. And? Yeah. Well, you know what I got to say. First off, the reason I chose dogs over cats is because, you know, dogs, you just call their name. Mahler. 
See? Well, there you go. Mahler, he knows what it is. <laughs> he just, There's cats, I, you know. They, you don't know what they're doing. I think he just called you Nathan right yeah. there. I, that's yeah. what it sounded Nathan. like to me, yeah. Now, they also played a... Uh, they showed a... A name or the the uh, audio recording of a name that didn't match the cat on the screen. So he had audio recording yeah. of cat matching, yeah, name matching, Maymot matching. Yeah. When the uh, cats heard names that didn't match the monitor cat, cats from households with cat roomies spent more time staring at the screen like they were puzzled. Like what? What's, like, what's this? Yeah. yeah, confuse a cat. Are you effing with me? What's going on yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. If that name matched the face, they stared less. They just kind of walked yeah. away. Yeah. Right. The researchers theorized that this might be food-motivated behavior. They learned that when one cat is called, that you get food, or they get food. Yeah. And so they're, yeah. they're, they hear the name, yeah. it's food. Yeah. That's what that name kind of means, mm -hmm. that that round-headed thing there is going <laughs> to get food. So, yeah, That big doofus is going to give me some food. I want people to know the truth. Felines do not appear to listen to people's conversations, but as a matter of fact, they do. Even though cats look like they're not paying attention to us, they Abs really are. Absolutely. This was according to animal science researcher Saho Takagi. Oh. The researchers tried a similar test with human faces instead of cat faces. It worked, but the cats recognized cats more than they did the humans. <laughs> and I think that's the difference between cats and dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah, because cats like other cats more than they like humans, or they at least recognize them more. And that seems to be reflective in their behavior. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they're not as, certainly not as enamored with humans as dogs are. Where dogs, of course, they yeah. like humans more than uh, life itself. <laughs> exactly right. Is what it is. Exactly right. Yeah. Isn't that right, Mahler? <laughs> That's right. Okay, good. Shall we move on? Yes, or we, we have shall. more to talk about cats. No, no, we're done with cats, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. Mahler's done with cats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we need to explore why he is such a good celebrity source. So, uh, so oh, source. do you mean like I said earlier? Yeah, in the when show, you were right? introduced him, we'll get into that maybe later on because okay. I, I know right. why. I know why. You know why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Mahler? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. From Forbes magazine. Miranda Kerr, the CEO of beauty brand Cora Organics, and her husband, Evan Spiegel, who co-founded Snapchat, yeah. will pay off all student loans for the class of 2022 from Otis College of Art and Design right here in Los Angeles. Very nice. Spiegel and uh, Kerr made the more than $10 million donation through the Spiegel Family Fund. It is a privilege for our family to give back and support the class of 2022, and we hope this gift will empower graduates to pursue their passions, contribute to the world, and inspire humanity for years to come. Otis changed my life and made me feel at home, Spiegel told the graduating class. I felt pushed and challenged to grow, surrounded by super talented artists and designers, and we were all in it together. Nice. That's nice. It's a nice gesture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in an enlightened civilization, we student debt would be a sin. Yeah. Because these are people that want to better themselves right. and be able to communicate better and help yeah. people more right. for the most part, except for MBAs. Right. So uh, yeah. get a clue, Joe. Yeah. You know, uh, Mr. Uh, Biden. Yeah. Well again let's get rid of the student debt stuff. That's that's silliness. It's not it's not quite as straightforward in my mind as it is yes, there shouldn't be student debt. Yeah. 
there are things about it that are nuanced about that particular issue. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. so one thing, I just read an article, fascinating article, about debt. and the Debt. Or, uh, uh, the origins of debt. 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 Yes, debt. Debt. And it has to do going back to the Bible. Oh, yeah. And debt was a precursor was a to sin. slavery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's how slavery became institutionalized was yes, because sir. of debt. Mm-hmm. And I and there was sort of this moral argument about it, but also in in Jewish tradition, every seven years your debt was forgiven, yeah. and then you could start again. Yeah. But otherwise, in other parts of the the Middle East, and uh, uh, you we became a slave. Yeah. So it, you know, just something I never thought through, but that made a lot of sense. Well. But I mean, I mean the, I'm not saying that everybody should just have everything for free by right, any means. Right, right. But especially the student loans that are out there now, most a lot of these have been completely paid off. The uh, the loan itself, what they borrowed, the principal, it's yeah, the principal yeah, yeah. has been paid off. Yeah. They're paying on on interest that's going to last for 20 years further, exactly. and they've they've paid that sometimes twofold. Yeah, there was a time in my life when I had credit card debt. And I could never pay it down. Yeah. I was almost always paying interest. Yeah. And it became, this was a couple of years of this, it became a psychological burden. I mean, it really affects the way you think about what you can do with your life. When you're, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. see, you see yeah. the, uh, the effects. If this news makes you feel like you want to donate to a fine institution, may I recommend a donation to KUCI? Just go to KUCI.org. Your generous donation is how we stay on air. Commercial-free, free-form, free-speech radio, KUCI 88.9 FM. We talked about cats. Mm-hmm. How about birds? Do you ever have any bird friends? No. No. Yeah. no. Not at all? Although my dad has a crow. That lands on his the fence outside his bedroom window every morning. Yeah, he wakes up and the thing's staring at him. I think yeah. he, he's waiting for him to die. I think. Really? So is that pl- what your dad thinks? I, you know, pluck his eyes out or whatever they do when you when you. Yeah, when they, you... They wait, those are tasty. Well, yeah, so yeah, saying. That's, yeah, I mean, I'm, they're soft. He, he loves they're... it. He loves it. He wakes up and there's there he is yeah. staring at him. So you don't mention the plucking no, the eyes I, I've, out. No, I haven't said that to him out loud. No, uh, I thought it. Yeah, yeah, just did. Yeah, if he's it? listening to the show, he knows what I'm thinking now. He's yeah. listening to the show? Or I don't, know. I don't know. Hi, Frank. He's at home. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. Hope, hope your eyes aren't plucked out. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> parakeets. How about them? You got parakeets? I never had a parakeet. I've known, a, I've known I think, one person who had a parakeet. Did Only you ever have a person? parakeet? Yeah. Gosh. In I the th- 70s, it seemed like every other... A lot of people. I, people yeah. getting parakeets yeah. like crazy. Yeah. yeah. I lived with people who had parakeets. Oh. oh. Was that... I mean... Well, you said, ooh, before I got in the parakeet oh. part. I said, I lived with people, and you're going, ooh. No. You you yeah. said parakeets. I heard that part. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Okay. All right. Go ahead. The, go. On the uh, yeah, playback. Yeah. I heard... Yeah. Par- I lived with people who had... And oh, you maybe had was yeah, out. yeah, the had yeah. was there. So for well, parakeets, yeah. Why you don't like parakeets? No, I think they're they're. Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much they talk and when they talk and all that stuff. <laughs> well, that goes for people too. Well, that's me. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about me now. Lovebirds. Lovebirds. Okay. Yeah. You're about lovebirds. Uh, what are those finches Does or it, something? They're like, uh, they're like small parrots, and they have like really colorful plumage. Okay. They're cute. 
They usually come in pairs, mm-hmm. and you know, and they they walk on their little, you know, that uh, whatever they call the that bar stick, there, the that, little that, trapeze uh, you know, the thing. The t- yeah, no, yeah. the trapeze, but they're on the perch together, and one moves over, and they snuggle, oh, and wow. then they both move together. That's... They're about the size of your hand, maybe okay. if you have okay. a okay. reasonably shaped hand. They waddle. Okay. Lovebirds waddle. They waddle. Okay. Yeah. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Lovebirds. Okay. I, I From the New York you. Times. I, I no reason not to. Lovebirds use their faces to climb walls. Okay. <laughs> Give these birds a vertical surface to clamber up, and they cycle between left foot, right foot, and beak <laughs> as if their mouths were an arm, like rock climbers, yeah. essentially. You know yeah. how rock climbers yeah. all do that yeah. kind of stuff? Yeah. They reach up, and their other foot, and their other foot, and then their arm, leg, leg, often... Yeah, they do that. The birds and perhaps other parrot species have repurposed the muscles in their necks and heads so they can walk on their beaks, usually usually using them the way rock climbers use their arms, like I just said. Yeah. Why didn't I say that? You did? I did? Yeah, I thought you did that. According to Michael Granatoski. An assistant professor of autonomy at the New York University of Technology and an author of a new paper who, on birds who face climb, as I like to call it. There is this very deep, deep-set aspect of our biology that everything is bilateral. You know, the, we oh, always yeah. use one back, forth, back, yeah. forth. One second. And, and that's true in much of the animal kingdom, but there are exceptions. Kangaroos use their tails as a fifth limb when hopping. Mm-hmm. Slowly. Mm-hmm. In lovebirds, the researchers found that the propulsive force the lovebirds applied through their beaks was similar to what they provided with their legs. Mm. So, you know, yeah. they're, a, they're putting in a lot of yeah. strength there with that little beak. Yeah. That's fascinating, huh? It is fascinating. Yes, absolutely. When you were talking about the climbing, the free climbing, those guys that do that stuff. Yeah, you like that better than talking about birds? No, no. It just reminded me of. The watching those guys who, without rope or yeah. anything like that, climb up the side of El Capitan. And, and then you're thinking about lovebirds. I was thinking, wow, that's a pretty amazing thing to do. Yeah. The lovebirds. Well, my mind wandered a little bit during that. The lovebirds. Just a little bit. Yeah. 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 So you got stuck on the guys climbing up. They're just climbing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's crazy. Here's the question. Yeah. You're in the bathroom mm-hmm. and a spider runs across the sink. Mm-hmm. Do you catch the spider or do you kill the spider? I I do a catch and release catch usually. And, really? Yeah. What do you catch it with? Well, if there's a jar near. I mean, I'll run in the a kitchen, and grab a jar, and try to keep, you know get them in there, and put a piece of paper under there, and yeah. slide them oh, up I in see. there. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I have yeah. a special uh, plastic cup for that. Well, there you go. Clear plastic cup. Yeah. And a little piece of thin cardboard. There you go. Yeah. I use that because the paper sometimes it'll, you know, kind of fold. Right. And then the spider crawls up, and it's on your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes if it's like early in the morning. Yeah. And you got your toothbrush still in your mouth, <laughs> and there's a spider on your hand. <laughs> you start spitting toothpaste everywhere. Well, I, yeah. had a, I had a spider encounter uh, night before last. Spider what? A spider encounter in my car. I was I pulled up in front of the house. The the uh, I opened the door. The, yeah. the the cab light came on came on, and I saw a spider descending from from the ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah. Just heading down towards the. So your lights were on your car. Yeah, is that why I you could saw just it? see the? Well, glistening? I saw the kind of the the it was shining off of this little web thing, Ooh. and I watched him drop. And I thought, crap! I don't want to be stuck in the car all night. So I lowered my windows on both sides, the driver's side and the passenger side, and opened up the sunroof 
so that he, during the course of the night, I hope he got out. That's I didn't want to leave him in there. I couldn't. I couldn't capture him. He was. Well, let me see. Oh, it was inside your car. It was inside the car. Oh, I I thought it was outside the car. It was like a little Batman scene. He was just dropping down right next to me. And I thought, holy crap. I, you know, so I hopefully, hopefully he escaped. So that's how I feel about spiders. I want to say, before we go on, Mm -hmm. spiders, arachnids, two separate things. Mm. All spiders are arachnids. Okay. But not not all arachnids are spiders. Okay. They're they're like scorpions and mites and ticks okay. and and spiders. Get okay. included in that. And this story goes out to our station manager, of oh, course, yeah, absolutely, Kevin Stockdale, or as we like to call him, Kevin Spider. Yeah, 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 boy, Spider Man. The stories we could tell on the air, I don't think we should about his his relationship his to relationship spiders. Relationship to spiders. Yeah. yeah, from the New York Times. According to a new study, more than 1,200 species of arachnids are part of a largely unregulated global marketplace. You can even mail order a spidery, spider mystery box. Oh, my God. Uh, a random box of spiders. Oh. or a, Not a random box, but a box of random spiders. Wow. The spider mystery box is a number one bestseller in the thriving arachnid economy, much of which now exists fittingly on the web. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Yeah, I've been waiting to tell that one for a long time. Yeah, that's the worst if I had a knee. Wait, hold on a second. Oh, there's your knee. That was a knee slapper there, yeah. You can buy yourself a mystery present of mystery spiders, said Alice Hughes, a conservation biologist at the University of Hong Kong. It's like getting your deck of Pokemon cards. You might get a super rare one, or you might get a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, that's what she said. Or you might get one that'll kill you in 20 minutes. Oh, the spider. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's saying. I, I don't, what I don't know if what I'd open Not up the a card, box. But like the it's just a, yeah, I'll put up a box and these things will tear out of there because yeah. they've been in there for a week. Yeah, they should have the. They're going to be pretty mad. Poison spider mystery you, box you, well, for you your go, enemies. Yeah. You could just I send a box imagine, of spiders. Yeah. To, I'd send one to you. Yes, you and would. You'd come up with a yeah. swollen face one Friday the, and the, I'd say, yeah, yeah it the, arrived. Yes. The, the deadly jumping spider of Borneo would be, you'd have like a dozen of them in there. Yeah. Yeah. In the study, Dr. Hughes and her colleagues shine a light on the largely unregulated trade of arachnids. Their analysis of online sales listings turned up more than 1,200 species of spiders, scorpions, and other arachnids. Just 2% of them are subject to international trade regulations. Arachnids are being massively traded, Dr. Hughes said, and it seems to be going completely under the radar. Many organizations in the arachnid marketplace appear to have been caught in the wild rather than bred in captivity. So many of the spiders have been caught in the wild, and the ecological impact of their harvest remains unknown. Although the wildlife trade is a major threat to the planet's fauna, regulation and public attention tends to focus on well-known charismatic animals like uh, Mahler, the fake news dog. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's right, Mahler. Yeah, we love our Mahler. <laughs> but there's a large and growing demand for invertebrates, uh, experts said, and arachnids make popular pets. They are a cinch to ship. You can literally mail an envelope of little spiderlings, Dr. Hughes said. It's another way. Just send someone an envelope. And they'd probably grow mm-hmm. a little bit if they were spiderlings. Yeah. They'd turn into full-fledged spiders, so by the time you open them... yeah. You get a little discount on the weight of your package. (laughs) 
and many species are relatively easy to care for. They don't bark. They don't need to go for walks. And you can set up a simple arachnid uh, place to live in a five-gallon tank on your shelf. Yeah. Like Kevin Stockdale does. Like Kevin, Stock- yeah. like Kevin Stockdale does. Yes, Kevin. Yeah. And God knows oh. he has a lot of spiders. From Cosmos. Mm-hmm. It's going to get dusty, Mike. Oh, is it? It's going to get dusty now. Okay. A new study has highlighted, highlighted the global importance of biological soil crusts, or bio-crusts, yes. for short. I was trying to come up with a word for that a couple of weeks ago when I was just saying that, you know, the topsoil, but it wasn't the topsoil. I was trying right. to think of, right. you know, the bio-crust. Right. Comprising a community of microbes, lichens, and non-vascular plants, bio-crusts act as a skin of dry lens, stabilizing the soil and reducing erosion. Yeah. Now a study published in Nature Geoscience has combined experimental data and modeling to estimate the effect of biocrusts on the global dust cycle. Mm-hmm. The dust in the atmosphere can affect our climate by scattering solar radiation. That's right. Or dust particles can act as focal points around which ice and clouds can condense. Mm-hmm. And dust can carry nutrients and organic matter around the world. Also, they can carry viruses and bacteria. Mm-hmm. That's right. Most dust is generated in drylands, which cover about 12% of our planet's land surface. Uh, soon to be a bit more, I'm sure. Yes. The new study suggests that the presence of biocrusts in drylands greatly reduce the amount of dust that would otherwise make it into the atmosphere. The authors estimated that the removal of biocrusts would, on average, lead to the emission of an additional, additional 700 teragrams. That's trillions of grams uh-huh. of dust per year, about 60% higher than now. Wow. Biocrusts are threatened by climate change and changes to land use, so it's going to uh, be dustier around. Yeah. I remember years ago, this might have been 30 years ago, when they were talking, people were talking about change in the climate and the possibility of that moving forward. And this particular proposal had to do with grinding up rock, and there's a certain kind of rock that is more effective than others, in which you could more quickly replenish the soil and make it more acceptable to carbon capture. Yeah. And I remember it was was a thing for a few months where people were talking about how we need to start getting that technology and doing more with it. And I don't know if it ever went anywhere. I don't know if it panned out to not be as as a good of a solution as as it was purported to be but it made sense to me that rock is essentially as it breaks down it returns nutrients back to the soil that okay. was the proposal just something to consider what's going to get dusty yeah it is and if the current predictions of a decrease in bio crust by 2070 are fulfilled it's likely to cause a 5 to 15% increase in global dust. You know, the biocrust is going to go away. There'll be more dust. And with downstream effects from all that in climate, environment, and human health. Yeah. So we're not just yeah. blowing smoke out our ass here. No. 
Or Dep- dust out our ass. I, I, I never l- watch Morning Joe. I don't know if you've ever seen the show. It's on MSNBC. Morning Joe, Joe Scarborough. I, I see clips of it and uh, look I, in amazement. I had it on. The TV was on for some reason. And I heard... Your dad had it on. Prob- no, he doesn't watch MSNBC. That's, uh. that's not... But anyway, this they had an interview with this guy who's the head of the natural gas organization. Coalition. Yeah, coalition. Thank you. And they were touting how important it was for us to have natural gas. Mm-hmm. And during the course of this conversation about it started with rolling blackouts are likely across much of the country in the coming months because for a lot of reasons, water shortage, there's not as much uh, power being produced by dams. It can be a real problem in the coming months. Uh-huh. And they, he was talking about natural gas. And they there was never a mention of anything else as far as an alternative energy yeah. solution. Mm-hmm. And it just was so aggravating. It was angering. I got to tell you, this it is was an angering. Ash- it was. I was in anger. You were in anger. I was in anger. I was, and it's. Well, he's the. You he's know, the head of the coalition for natural gas. gas. But he guy. got he got eight minutes on a national program to essentially say, we need to put more. We need to we need to do more fracking. And what did Morning Joe do? No, it was morning. It was the the his wife. Uh, um, her name I've forgotten. I'm sorry. Jolene. <laughs> Brezhnev's uh, daughter. I know, I know. I can see her. Yeah. I don't watch these things. I don't. I don't either. I. Mm. I it's happening. <laughs> well, you're, just, you're telling I, me about it. No, actually, I had it. On, I have a phone app, and there are certain shows on MSNBC okay. that I do listen to. Somebody. Have, anyway, that's enough. That's enough. <sighs> just depresses me and angers me. Mahler, what do you think? You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. What is it, Mahler? Yeah, I know. Sorry. You're depressed? <laughs> now you got Mahler depressed. Sorry about that. Visit, visit us here on KUCI on the web at KUCI.org. You can just turn on your computer. Yeah. And instead of getting depressed with Morning Joe, yeah. you can get depressed with us. <laughs> it's much better. Uh-huh. We have a much better, different kind of depression yeah. than Morning Joe. Very different. A higher quality <laughs> of depression. We can uh, you can go to Facebook at uh-huh. facebook.com slash KUCI eighty eight point nine. Yeah. yeah. On our Tumblr blog at KUCIRadio.tumblr.com or on Twitter and Instagram at KUCI FM. Hey. From Scientific American. The anti science Supreme Court is hurting the health of Americans. That's what Scientific American uh... says. And I like science. Me too. I think it's a cool Big thing because they, when they're wrong, they're wrong. And they and usually everybody gets say together, they are. and they don't go nya 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 nya. You're exactly. wrong. Yeah. They say, "I got a proposal," and they give it to all their friends. And yep. Their friends look at the proposal and go, "Hmm, yep. I wonder if he's right." Yeah. And sometimes they are right, and sometimes they're wrong, and sometimes ten years later they discover that he wasn't all the way right. <laughs> You know, yeah. So they figure that and out, they, and they, keep and they going. say so out loud, and they yeah. go, and then they act upon that as actual knowledge, and yeah. they move forward, and they do better things. Yeah, they don't believe in some book that's thousands of years old, where no, some old no, fart no. said something about, yeah, yeah. you know, how to thou shalt raise somebody. Yes, I know. Yeah. Since Justice Amy Coney Barrett joined the court in October 2020. The justices have issued a series of unprecedented decisions that have reshaped health law and policy in ways that will impede the health of all Americans. This is what Scientific American says. Among these decisions are orders blocking Center for Disease Control and Prevention's eviction moratorium, 
halting the Occupational Safety and Health Administration's order requiring large employers to mandate vaccination or testing and masking. Mm-hmm. Like we got our mask on now. Right. What's with people? Anyway, lifting a lower court injunction allowing medication for abortions to be prescribed via telehealth and enjoining several state COVID mitigation measures as violations of religious liberty. Yeah, this is... That's just BS. This religious liberty thing is is dangerous yeah. to our society and to a livable world. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean the the, the republic the this is the this court is a rep, it's an uh, arm of the RNC. Uh, let's be well, honest. Well, not only that, it's an arm of idiocy it, is it what is. it is. Deregulation, ignorance and anti-science. De- yeah, it is. Now it appears from Justice Samuel Alito's leaked draft opinion that the court will soon overturn Roe v. Wade. In June, it will also likely limit sales, uh, likely, it's almost so likely to limit sales. Mm-hmm. States, that's where I'm having the problem, is to limit states' ability to regulate firearms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's not good for your health. No, no. The court's majority, it seems, simply does not believe that either human health or science matter, nor does it think that science has much to offer the law, which is just absurd. I mean, isn't that the whole... Don't you base your law on things that you witness and find and can document? Yes, you do and I do. But these people believe in a time of where the Lord shall... You know, they, 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 they're going back to the, the tabernacle. Lord? The Lord has bequeathed. The guy that owns the property? Yeah. The landlord? No, the, the, these people believe in the bequeathing of sacred wow. text. Yeah, and all that bequeathing. stuff. Bequeathing? Yeah. That's what this is about. This, is a, this has been an ongoing human struggle for as long as we've had civilization. Get out of here. Which is the struggle between religion and something else. Now we call it science. Common sense, whatever it is. These people are committed to this idea, if it isn't in the Bible, then they don't care. Now, there's a difference between there's good religion and bad religion. Yes, there too. is. Not knocking all religion. Right. Here. It's just it seems that. Yeah. This one is uh, yeah. Keep your religion to your well, personal what... spiritual values. Yeah. Don't impose it on laws that are trying to make people healthy. Yeah, this is what this religious liberty thing is. It's a giving <sighs> kind of a religious intolerance to people who don't who they don't agree with. Yeah. Instead, the majority on the Supreme Court views law like theology. Oh, there you go. As standing apart from the empirical world, as standing apart from the empirical world. And it seems uninterested, the court does, in the methods developed by scientists over the centuries to understand the world. There you go. Call this the jurisprudence of the post-Enlightenment era. Yeah. It may take us to a very dark and dangerous place. This is Scientific American. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty strong statement from a pretty yeah. established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like uh, dry heat or humid heat? What do you think? Oh, I think I like. Oh, that's a good question. I think. <laughs> I think I like a sauna. Like I a like sauna. being in a well, sauna. Well, I'm not talking. You know, if you're just walking around, oh, not just if you're walking around. You know, if well, you're then like I go with. A, I'd have it. to go for a, with a dry heat over dry heat that over humid. humid. I was in New Orleans when it was 98 degrees and 97% humidity. Yeah, that's no good. And that's deadly. Stuff. Yeah, it is. It is deadly. Uh, from NBC News, deadly wet bulb temperatures are being stoked by the heat crisis. Wet bulb temperature measures <laughs> the combination of heat and humidity. Yeah. 
which can hamper the human's body ability to cool itself if at too high a level. Yeah. That's what you were probably feeling. Was, you can't cool was, yourself. It was hard to breathe. Yeah. <clears throat> Parts of India and Pakistan have been sweltering for weeks under a record-breaking heat wave, exposing more than a billion people to dangerously hot conditions with little relief in sight. Oh, God. Wet bulb temperatures could threaten the ability for humans to survive that. Humans, like most mammals, cool themselves through sweating. Body heat is used to convert sweat into water vapor, and as that evaporation process occurs, the body cools. Yeah. It's a very effective means of cooling, but it's crucial that the sweat can actually evaporate. And that's the problem. When the wet bulb temperature or the combination of heat and humidity exceeds the temperature of the human body, around 97 degrees Fahrenheit, sweat cannot evaporate and humans can no longer cool themselves down. Yeah. Yeah, you can die just by sitting. You're yeah. sitting somewhere. You don't need to move or do anything else. There's simply no way to cool, and you overheat. The name wet bulb temperatures comes from how meteorologists sometimes calculate wet bulb temperatures, which involves wrapping a wet cloth around a thermometer and measuring how much the temperature cools as a result of evaporation. So it doesn't cool in some cases, and that's when you've hit the danger zone. Climate studies have found that as global temperatures creep up, warmer air will be able to hold more, more moisture. Just like we were talking about dust earlier. Yeah. That will in turn increase humidity and cause wet bulb temperatures to rise. Yeah. So that's probably uh, something we'll be hearing about. Oh, yeah. Wet bulb temperatures. Put, put a... Uh, put a check mark next to that story because we will be revisiting that yeah turning to the old wet bulb yes speaking of india from vice india is getting so hot that birds are coming down with heat stroke God. one hospital in the indian city of gurgaon said it had treated a record number of birds for condition like fever dehydration and heat stroke as temperatures rose to over 114.8 degrees fahrenheit this week, and that's all week. That's not like a peak. Oh, it is a peak during the day, but it's not like Monday. Yeah. It is like all week long. In one Indian, Indian state, poultry farmers recently reported deaths of thousands of chickens, yeah. while in another state, four wolf cubs succumbed to the heat in their zoo enclosures. Outside the Indian subcontinent, severe heat waves in western Canada and northwestern U.S. last year were estimated to have killed over a billion marine animals in addition to causing over 500 human deaths and triggering hundreds of wildfires. Oh, man. Do you remember the um, Europe? Probably, it, it was a few years ago, they had one of those heat waves that killed, they killed thousands of people. It was, uh, I'm going to say about at least 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm, I was just going to, never mind. Yeah. Move on. We can get that way. You know, given where we're going... Yeah. Again, they, they, the talk has been of late. These different reports keep coming out uh, about the planet and its, and its habitability. Uh, and I think that we are beginning to see stories of just exactly about that. How inha uninhabitable will this become? Yeah. Remember when I had that uh, impersonation of Donald Trump? Hmm? Remember when I did Donald Trump yeah. impersonation? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a pretty good one, wasn't it? I thought it was very... Right, right on the money. I thought you were right on the money. I, I based it on Peter Lorre's character in the movie uh, Arsenic and Old Lace. <laughs> it's 
Dr. Herman Einstein, because <laughs> he was a mad scientist type of guy. Yeah. And he always had some ulterior motive. <laughs> Peter Laurie's character. Peter Lurie. Yeah. Okay. I thought I'd, I thought I'd try it again. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. There's been over a million deaths in the U.S. due to COVID. Many of those deaths could have been prevented if I hadn't downplayed the severity of the virus. <laughs> now, thanks to me and my followers, there are more variants. Yeah, That's very like well that. done. Thank Donald you. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Thank you. Yeah, I was thinking about this, too. I was thinking about how people get all upset about wearing masks. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's kind of like turning your headlights on at night. You know, it's for safety. Yeah. That's why you're doing it. There's no <laughs> ulterior motive here. You're going out in your car. You turn your headlights on. If you don't turn your headlights on, people are going to get upset at you. <laughs> yes, they are. That's, that's, it's that I, simple. Yeah. And, and it could be, as an analogy, it could be that there's street lights everywhere and you might be able to get by without putting on your, your headlights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's possible that that yeah. could happen. However, it's likely that you're either going to hurt someone or someone is going to hurt you exactly. in a collision. Exactly. So why not do it? Yeah. Turn your lights on, you a-holes. By My the, goodness. Yeah, by the way. You got something there? Yeah, real quick. This was in 2003. It, was, it triggered my little, tiny little brain. Wave, he, yeah. And 70, more than 70,000 people died in that summer from heat. Yeah. From from heat. Yeah. Just say it that it's way. A lot of folk. And yeah, and mostly and in chances France. Chances are we're going to get. Yeah. This summer is not going to be a good one. As and far that's as Europe. That goes. This is Europe. You know. Yeah. I mean, this is these are yeah. They got air conditioning there. From Kaiser Health News. Earlier in the pandemic, experts thought that immunity from vaccination or previous infection would forestall reinfections. But Omicron has changed that, yeah. the variant. Yeah. A virus that shows no sign of disappearing, variants that are adept at dodging the body's defenses, and waves of infections two, maybe three times a year. This may be the future of COVID-19, some scientists now fear. Hmm. The central problem is that the coronavirus has become more adept at reinfecting people. Those people may go on to have a third or fourth infection even within a year. And some small fraction may have symptoms that persists for months or years uh, long COVID. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the pandemic, experts thought that immunity from vaccination or previous infection would forestall most reinfections. The Omicron variant has dashed those hopes. Yeah. Unlike Previous variants, Omicron and its many descendants seem to have evolved a, to partially dodge immunity. That leads everyone, even those who have been vaccinated multiple times, vulnerable to multiple infections. Now, new variants have not altered the usefulness of the COVID vaccines. That's not to say don't get the vaccine. Right. It won't do any good because right. it does a lot of good. Yes, it prevents sir. you from dying exactly. pretty much. Yes. Most people who have received three or four or even just two doses will not become sick enough to need medical care if they test positive for the coronavirus. And a booster dose like a previous bout with the virus does seem to decrease the chance of reinfection. But... If reinfection turns out to be the norm, the coronavirus is not going to simply be a wintertime, once-a-year thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a year-long thing, yeah. a forever virus. Yeah. And it's not going to be a mild nuisance in terms of the amount of morbidity and mortality it causes. Yeah, I, I think that's an accurate assessment. 
Um, in well, case, thank you, Mike. Well, <laughs> I worked hard you, you on that. You did. I know you put a lot of time in yeah. on that, and I do. I don't think we made note of it last week, and I wanted to mention that we've passed the one million death. One million deaths. One million deaths in the United States of yeah, America. Yeah. Well, you like those round numbers. Well, it was it was talked about. I think it's a good time to revisit just this kind no, of I mean, a story. Like, all I'm saying is, if you get if you're nine hundred ninety nine thousand <laughs> nine hundred ninety nine, everybody goes, hey, but a million. Whoa, oh, well, look out. Uh, yeah. Just, and then a million and two. Well, OK, <laughs> we, we already passed a million. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were the millionth and twentieth person to die. Uh, well, you cares? missed out. Yeah, yeah, you're a loser. Yeah. Speaking of dying, do you think you can see after you die? Oh. You know, like right away, you're dead. Yeah. But then you know you're being carried away on a stretcher. Right. And people are saying, "Oh, he's dead." Yeah. You'll yeah. hear them say. Well, maybe you won't, but you'll read their lips. Yeah, you'll you know. Just, you'll know. Yeah. You won't even need to read any lips. They'll be picking yeah. you up. And or you'll be thinking. People will be crying over you. And yeah. Be, you know. There'll be flowers. Yeah, the dirt will be coming yeah. on you. Yeah. Don't even know. I hope not that long. But I do believe that there is something about, they have done studies on people who have, quote unquote, died, and how long it takes the brain to essentially shut down completely. Yeah. And there are, it's, it's I don't know if you get in the story. But it's it's a it's more than a couple of minutes of yeah. sort of a cognitive understanding of the world around you. It's like they said in some ways. It's not exactly a, a, a comparable, but they used to say that when people were guillotined during the French Revolution, yeah. that they would grab their head out of the basket and hold it up so that they could yeah. see the body, yeah. their body. Well, they did that. That was for show. Well, they that would. They people to show you. Yeah. They show all the people out in the audience too. Yeah. 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 Look at them. Look at him. He's, he's looking he's, at you. His yeah. eyes are blinking. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. you know, it's kind of scary. From Science Alert. In order to better understand the way nerve cells succumb to a lack of oxygen, researchers measured activity in mouse and human retinal cells soon after their death. Okay. Amazingly, with a few tweaks of, to the tissue's environment, they were able to revive the cell's ability to communicate hours later. Uh. When stimulated by light, the postmortem retinas were shown to emit specific electrical signals known as B waves. <sighs> These waves are also seen in living retinas, and they indicate communication between all the layers of vascular cells that allow us to see. Doesn't mean it's communicating with the brain, but it's the first time deceased human donor eyes have been ever responded to light in this way, and it has some experts questioning the irreversible nature of death in the central nervous system. So they're thinking that maybe there's some hope here, or maybe you can even grab hold of these eyes and pluck them out and stick them in someone else's face, yeah, you know, there you go. use them up again. Restoring oxygenation and nutrients to eyes from organ donors allowed the researchers to trigger synchronous activity in the retinal neurons. This result raises questions about how we define brain death, which typically requires a loss of synchronous activity among neurons. There you go. So if the retinas are alive? Yeah. Yeah, they're alive. It might be a good thing. Although there's, you know, I think they, they just put in this, can they see when you're dead in here just to get your attention? Well, yeah, yeah. But yeah. How, how long? I know you're, you, you, you dabble in the science, in the, in the, in the, science. In, in the observation of science. You, how long do you think it will be before they can reanimate tissue? Reanimate tissue? Probably tomorrow. Okay. 
Well, that's yeah, that's a very specific answer to, to the question, yeah. but yeah. Sometime yeah. tomorrow, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow Maybe afternoon, tomorrow. Afternoon, <laughs> 12.05 or something like just, that. Do you after th- lunch. Okay, after, after lunch, yeah. yeah. You need a good meal, and yeah. they get back then into the lab, and they say, you know, today yeah. let's reanimate some tissue. Yeah, that's, they do. Uh, all right. <sighs> the retinas are alive. They're alive! <laughs> that's right, Mother. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah, yeah, I got them going. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Shut up now. We got Come it. Mother, we, we got it. The VR Scout from VR Scout, virtual reality scout. Mm-hmm. It was revealed that Apple, you know Apple, mm-hmm. the guy, you know, yeah, makes yeah. those yeah. uh, computers <laughs> and, yeah. and phones, yeah, and, yeah. and they stopped making the i uh, piddle. What is it? The i pod. Pod. Yeah, the pod. Yeah. Not the pad. No. They got lots of pads. They don't have any pods anymore. They're making new. Do you do you have an iPod? I have some that I've, you know, in you know, I, I've recycled. Okay, but uh, I have the second generation. Wow. I got the the second it? one. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with them if they no, work. No, I mean, hold problem on to was, them by was, all means. Problem was the earpiece, you uh-huh. know, the little headphones. Yeah, it, it was kind of it was the the hole you put in. It was rubber uh-huh. kind of, and, yeah. and I bent it. Uh oh, just enough to where you can't when you put it in there, nothing happens. It still works. Yeah, but I can't listen to anything on it. That bumps me out. You know I know. What I'm it's in there just playing to itself. Yeah, it's just playing to itself. That's crazy. From VR Scout, it was revealed that Apple filed a patent with the United States Patent and Trademark Office in 2014 for a car without windows. Wow. In the Apple car, which looks like uh, one of those uh, magic mouses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just looks like it's just mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. no window. It's a no, windowless no, just no, no, little no, no. mouse. Yeah. Uh, passengers would view the outside world in this little car by using their VR headset to access cameras mounted on the outside of the vehicle. Oh, no, 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 no. The technology could also be used to watch porn and read books in stabilized environments, as well as conduct virtual meetings or play Elden Ring. You do all those things while you're driving and not even know you're moving. God, no. No, no, According no. to past reports, Apple is expected to launch its long-awaited self-driving car sometime in 2025. And this was just a patent. They throw a lot of patents of out there. Of course they you do. Know they they want to stay ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah. but still. Yeah. It's kind of a car. Are with you a, up today on the hubbub, the brouhaha over uh, the Tesla technology for self-driving and how that's maybe not as oh yeah, as yeah, developed yeah. as it Probably could. We've yeah, talked about it before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a apparently a three people were killed in L.A. this week, and they think it might have. I been thought related. it was a Newport Beach was accident. Was it Newport? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think you're yeah, right. Tesla, yeah, yeah. And it may have been related to a self-driving car that yeah. didn't perform as, yeah. as they as were. Advertised. They were taking it easy in their Tesla, thinking, "Look at us." Yeah. Look at those three people. Oh, that's not okay. good. And finally, from ESPN. From the world of football, or as we like to call it here in America, soccer. <laughs> football. Mm-hmm. Brazilian defender Marcelo Antonio Guides Fio was dropped from the Lyon Bordeaux France first team due to continuous farting and laughing in the dressing room. The <laughs> oh 34 year old oh was God. expelled from the senior squad following a 3 to nothing defeat. Marcelo was caught farting and laughing during Captain Leo Dubois' speech to rally the troops following the game. That's not good. No. When you lost the game yeah. and your coach is saying, yeah, we got to try harder, give 100%, and then you hear this guy farting and laughing. 
He's acting like Mongo from, yeah. from uh, Blazing Saddles. Marcelo was considered one of the leaders of the team, but the club described his farting and laughing after the defeat as inappropriate behavior. You can subscribe to the Weekly Signals Weekly Review podcast at weeklysignals.com. Weeklysignals.com. Subscribe now.